Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is October 26th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block by continuing on in the Book of Mormon and talking a little bit more specifically about Mormon and who he was and the time that he lived in. Now, I think it's really important to remember that even though we just got finished reading 4th Nephi, where everyone was happy and good and righteous, we didn't take a look at the end of 4th Nephi, where everyone had fallen and everyone had turned to wickedness. And so here, as we start the Book of Mormon, we are now in a time where the more part of the people are wicked. And that's the time that Mormon was brought up in. And I can't even imagine how that must have been for him to be so alone in his beliefs and to be so alone in his striving to do what was right in a world that was so pervasively wicked. But as I was studying Mormon today, and as I was looking at these scriptures about him and the time that he lived in, I noticed something super interesting, and that is how similar Mormon and Joseph Smith really are. So let's take a look at some of those similarities. First of all, in Verse 2, like we talked about yesterday, Mormon was described as being a sober child who was quick to observe. Lucy Mack Smith in her biography described Joseph Smith very similarly as a child. She said that he was extremely sober and thoughtful. We're also told in verse 5 that Mormon is actually Mormon Jr. He was named after his father, who was also Mormon. We see the same thing with Joseph Smith. He is Joseph Smith Jr., Even though he was not the oldest boy, the name Joseph was still reserved for him as a fulfillment of prophecy. So we have Mormon Jr., Joseph Smith Jr. In verse 6, we see that Mormon's family moved to Zarahemla when he was 11 years old. And that move was extremely significant in the life of Mormon. We also know that Joseph Smith, around 10 or 11, his family moved to Palmyra. And we all know how incredibly significant that move was in his life. In verse 15, we're told that Mormon was 15 years old when he was visited by the Lord. Joseph Smith, of course, was visited when he was 14 years old by the Lord. But here's the interesting thing. Even though Mormon was visited when he was 15 years old, he was forbidden to preach to the people for 20 years. He had received that calling of the Lord, but couldn't put it into practice yet. We also see with Joseph Smith, he was called at 14 years old, but it was really 10 years later when he started preaching in full force. Both Mormon and Joseph Smith were tutored by older prophets, Mormon by Amaron and Joseph Smith by Moroni. They were both visited by angels. In chapter two, we see that Mormon was a leader from a very young age, as was Joseph Smith. They were both given plates that they had to bring up out of the earth and have charge over. And the interesting thing about that is that they both had a specified amount of time between knowing about the plates and being able to actually retrieve the plates. Both Mormon and Joseph Smith gathered their people together and tried to flee persecution. And I'm sure there's several other similarities that I didn't see or think of. But here's the thing. We can see that. We can see those similarities and we can think, okay, that's great, whatever. Or we can see it and recognize that with God, there's no such thing as coincidence. I love that our Father in Heaven sets up a type or a shadow for the young prophet Joseph here in the Book of Mormon. Seeing Mormon, his life experiences, how young he was when he became a leader, 
seeing all the different things that happen with him, help us see that God is not a respecter of persons, but that he can use the young and the old in his work, that he can guide people using angels, that he can teach people using prophets. We see the same story because God is trying to show us that he has a pattern and that his work is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here's something else I love. We see stories like this about Mormon and Joseph Smith and all these incredible prophets who seemed so prepared from such a young age to do such an incredible work. And it's clear that they are some of whom Abraham was speaking of when he said, Now the Lord had shown unto me, Abraham, the intelligences that were organized before the world was. And among all these, there were many of the noble and great ones. And God saw these souls that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them. And he said, These I will make my rulers. For he stood among those that were spirits, and he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them. Thou wast chosen before thou wast born. Now we hear stories about these prophets and these clearly prepared people. And we think, yeah, of course, they were foreordained. They were noble. They were great. They were meant to come about at their time to perform a great work. But my friends, let's not lose sight that Abraham didn't talk about a dozen noble and great ones that he saw. He saw many noble and great ones. He saw all those who were willing to come forth at a predetermined time to work a great work. Now, my friends, I truly believe with all my heart that we were among those noble and great. And if you don't believe me, ask him. Ask him if you were noble and great. Ask him if you came to this earth at this time for a specific purpose. Ask him if there is a work that he has for you to do. My friends, I believe that there is. I believe that we are among that noble and great, that we were saved at this time, to come forward at this place, when the gospel of Jesus Christ had been restored to the earth, and that the great gathering of Israel was taking place, and that God has a work for you and I to do. And if you don't believe me, ask him, because I believe he's anxious to tell you that it's true. One last part of Mormon chapter one that I just love is in verse 15, when it's talking about the visitation that Mormon has from the Lord. After it says he was visited from the Lord, he says, and I tasted and knew of the goodness of Jesus. What a beautiful description of coming to understand salvation through the grace of the atonement. He was visited by Jesus and tasted and knew of the goodness of Jesus. That idea of tasting of the goodness of Jesus reminded me of Lehi and his description as he tasted the fruit, which that fruit is also symbolic of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It says he tasted the fruit. It was sweet. It was white. And then he says, and as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. My friends, that is the key. When we come to understand who Jesus is, when we begin to taste of the goodness of the atonement of Jesus Christ, when we begin to taste of the goodness of the grace of the Savior, our souls are filled with joy. President Nelson echoed this idea when he said simply, 
Jesus Christ is joy. My friends, as you go throughout your day to day, I challenge you to think about that phrase. I tasted and knew of the goodness of Jesus. Think today about the times in your life when you have experienced the goodness of the Savior, the goodness of His grace, the goodness of His love. I testify that His love, His grace, His atonement, and His joy is available to every single one of us as we draw near to Him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.